This is Richard Sachs. Welcome back. This is Lost Arts Radio, and we have an exciting return of a, one of our favorite guests tonight, which is Ken Rolla from freshandalive.com. And um, for those of you who haven't seen our previous broadcast with Ken, he's a scientist and inventor and a health teacher, and he invents human-friendly technology on a basis that is outside the box of what the current technology is all based on so you know for example we've got all the telecom devices working on intentionally harmful frequencies and having them around and uh, along with smart meters and other devices like that contributes to uh, all kinds of problems in health and the new vaccines are you know helping to further the same agenda there's another way of designing technologies and inventing things that you can use them and get the benefit and the convenience and all these advantages and not have to commit suicide slowly in the process and that's been largely forgotten we need to bring it back because just in case we're able to reverse what's happening now which i hope that we will a lot of us are really focused on that you know, we're in the midst of the biggest assault on humanity in human history, and it's coordinated globally with technology that the attackers are using that hasn't been available in known history. So that is an issue that we have to solve. I'm sure that the potential is still there, and it's not too late to do it. So looking ahead, not assuming that we're going to fail, but looking at the uh, timeline where we succeed, what would the types of technology be that we would be using and that need to be developed and are being developed and have already been shown in many cases to be accessible right away as long as we get past a little issue of you know inventors being killed and stuff like that Mm -hmm. so once it becomes more conducive to that there's all kinds of exciting things that are right on the verge of being available and i'll I'd like to talk to Ken about that and anything else that happens to come up. So welcome, Ken. It's always fun to have you around. Thank you. Oh, it's always a great pleasure to be here, Richard. It's uh, always a lot of fun talking to you because you always ask the best questions. Oh. And a little correction. Uh, technically, I'm an engineer. <clears throat> I don't consider myself a scientist, uh, even though engineering is an applied science. <clears throat> okay. uh, I had somebody take me to task on that one time, rightfully, um, because I, you know, I consider a real scientist somebody with you know, laboratories and, and credentials in doing hard science like that. And although I do some of that. Um, you know, the way I meant that is your approach to things. Because a real scientist 
without ego diversions is interested in finding out what's true. And science has been largely replaced by the memorization of acceptable information, even if it kills you. Thinking only certain things. A real scientist says, no, I really want to know what's the truth about any given issue. And a lot of them just look it up in books, you know, and do academic research, and they could still be real scientists depending on their attitude. And I just was meaning it in a really good way. Yeah, that's very true. When I was in engineering school, uh, it was very true. I, I found most of my classmates would just do whatever they were told and not question what they were doing or dig deeper into it. And right. uh, I had a few run-ins with professors over, you know, <clears throat> figuring things out that they hadn't figured out. And uh, it wasn't until I met Linus Pauling. I, for example, I developed a mathematical model for how time and space work and interact. And I presented it to some of my professors, and they were like, well, why do you even care about this? You should be worried about getting an A on your test. Exactly. The no. things that are important. <laughs> and of course, my other classmates thought I was nuts. But uh, it was, you know. But then I met Linus Pauling, and it was so wonderful because he, you know, two-time Nobel Prize winner, this guy, no slouch. And uh, yeah. I showed him this model, and he looked at it, and he said, "Wow, this is really amazing. You should pursue this." And I was like, "Oh my gosh, I've been going to the wrong schools." But you know, the truth is, in any any school or industry, you've got. You know, that bell grading curve of, you know, A, B, C's, D's, and F's. And right. a small minority get A's, uh, a minority get B's, the majority get C's and D's and F's. Mm-hmm. And so it's the same thing when you leave school. That never really ends in any industry and in any field. You've got a very small group of people who are at the leading edge. And then you've got some, a small group that are above average. And the majority are mediocre to poor. And so, um, yeah, I think most scientists I do meet um, have very lazy minds and they just uh, are very dogmatic and believe what they're told and believe what they were taught in school without questioning it. I think they have the label of scientist, but they have no idea what that is. Right. And, of course, you know, shill science now abounds everywhere where, you know, the only science, most of the science that's being done is paid for by corporations and institutions with agendas, and they're, exactly. trying to, they're trying to prove something, you know, to benefit them. They're not trying to yeah. just understand or that it works really well, or it's something that everybody should want immediately. That's the new science, I guess. Yeah, totally. Fair. Yeah, and uh, I don't think most people realize that. You know, I. Uh, it's interesting. I was I did a presentation last year in India about pyramid energy and pyramid science, and. The guru that hosted me was very interesting, really smart guy, and uh, he he claims to be the reincarnated assistant of Buddha, and I believe it because the guy is amazing. Um, oh, wow! That one of the things he said to me was when I was explaining to somebody about the science of how pyramids work, he said, "Science doesn't matter. Just sit down and meditate in them," and, he, and he's right. You know, <laughs> it's like you can know all day long about this stuff, and it doesn't matter if you can't do anything with it. Right. And you don't need to understand the science to be able to do things. Although, in, you know, in many instances, the science can help. Right. So, you know, in line with what I was saying about the the real potential, I think, that still exists, that we could turn this assault around so it doesn't have to reach its goals, which are <laughs> extermination of the biosphere. I don't think that's a very good plan. So if it goes in the opposite direction... 
and we have the ability to or the opportunity to make things as good as they can be on this planet while we're here. My thought, if it's okay with you, is to look at a few different fields of technology and sequence. And one of the obvious ones would be, you know, what would be better than the current push to make everything wireless with damaging EMF frequencies. So that includes telecommunications and communication between components of, 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 um, devices like vehicles for example in the average new car it's like full of smog of emf radiation and you've got the wheels communicating with the computers under the hood saying tire pressure is three pounds low you know tell the driver you know if we're still using a driver and it's just it's everywhere so what could be done instead of that and of course the main example being cell phones well, the reason that we have all these destructive technologies on the planet to begin with is because we have some very, very fundamental, um, we've been misguided in some very fundamental ways about the nature of matter and energy and our reality. So, for example, you know, with power generation, how, you know, if you look throughout human history, how we generate power, it's always been using explosive force technology. Right. Um, you know, whether it's running a steam engine with fire or nuclear power or coal-fired um, yeah. you know, generators or gasoline engines or whatever, it's all explosive force technology. And explosive force technology always has uh, toxic side effects. <clears throat> if you look to nature and you model nature, the non-destructive power generation in nature is implosive force. And so... Um, that's, we, we have technologies and we've had many, many technologies, free energy technologies, for example, mm-hmm. uh, that are implosive force. But we have to, we have to have a fundamental understanding <clears throat> first of the, the true nature of matter and energy. And we've been intentionally misled for thousands of years on that. Um, and, and a lot of it has to do, uh, quite honestly with extraterrestrial intervention on this planet, uh, that has misguided us. Uh, to keep us from becoming more powerful than the ETs that have been manipulating this planet. There's a lot of different agendas, and it's a, a long story, but, you know, you know, I've encountered reptilian extraterrestrials, for example, that were uh, benevolent, and but in general, their society was not benevolent, and they've been manipulating Earth for thousands of years. And they were infected with artificial intelligence and nanites and nanobots and things that are controlling and manipulating them. Um, but that, that extraterrestrial manipulation of Earth that's been going on for thousands of years and the AI behind it is one of the reasons why you see so much psychopathy on Earth and this, these fundamental misdirections, uh, of every discipline on Earth from mathematics and science, art, mm-hmm. philosophy, everything. Right. You know, we have been mind controlled for thousands of years to make us fearful. And this is, this is how extraterrestrial AI works. We can get into a conversation about that. Um, <clears throat> but artificial extraterrestrial, we're, we're, we are taught to think of that, of artificial intelligence as something that we build and then maybe it potentially can take over when it yeah. becomes self-aware. <laughs> but in fact, what I've been shown, um, by extraterrestrials and then there are also secret space program people I've met who, 
told me this as well and confirmed it, that there are extraterrestrial AI races of machine beings or uh, machine races out in the cosmos that are kind of like in Terminator, although that's a, you know, a Hollywood uh, version of reality. But uh, at any rate, there are entire races of machine beings and part of their mode of operation, you know, yes, they can replicate themselves, um, but they need the spark of life from organic humans in order to function long term. And so because they don't have that spark of life, they don't really have consciousness. They mimic consciousness, but they don't have consciousness. So they need organic beings in order to perpetuate and propagate long term. So what they do is send scalar signals, which is a form of energy that consciousness is a type of scalar energy. And they send scalar signals through space to uh, organic populations that are at Stone Age level or earlier development where they're kind of proto-human level development. And they get these um, populations to dream up machines, you know, fundamental basic machines like the lever and the wheel and that kind of stuff. And over time, over thousands of years, they keep sending signals to get people on these planets to develop more and more increasingly complex machinery until the population reaches the point after a few thousand years, typically uh, where they've developed artificial intelligence themselves. And once they've developed, you know, computer technology, wireless technology, AI, and that kind of stuff, then the AI, the extraterrestrial AI can slip in and take over and basically wipe out the organic population and leave the infrastructure standing that the AI can utilize in certain ways. And so this is part of the way they propagate. They also propagate through these reptilian extraterrestrials, possibly others, um, by infecting them with uh, nanites or nanobots inside their bodies and kind of controlling them. And so it, it, they kind of use this modus operandi of what you see going on on Earth right now. Um, once AI is developed on a planet, then the next step is to, you know, well, along with that is to develop wireless technologies like cell phones um, and a global wireless uh, network like 5G. And once you've got the global wireless network in place and communicating to, for example, cell phones and wireless devices, which are, you know, monitoring and spying on people and recording them and that kind of stuff, you move from these portable devices to, you know, handheld devices to wearable devices to implanted devices. Once you've got implanted yeah. devices in, in the population of the planet, then the biometric data of all the living organisms can be accumulated and stored into databases, and then individuals can be identified by their scalar signa signature. Uh, right. Because all living organisms are scalar fractal antennas. We're like little antennas here on Earth, and all living organisms are plants, animals, insects, everything. We capture this energy, this scalar energy coming from the cosmos, coming from our sun, and coming from the center of the earth. And we pick it up just like an antenna, and we rebroadcast it in a local toroidal field, a donut-shaped field. And so it has a certain frequency. Everybody has their own unique scalar signature, like a fingerprint. Right. And so initially, when the network, when the global network is not very sophisticated, uh, you need implants to identify individual uh, organisms or people or whatever 
And, but eventually, once you've got the implants in place and the biometric data on the organisms has been collected, then you can identify uh, individuals with skater technology rather than electromagnetic technology and uh, because every person has their own unique skater signature. Mm-hmm. And so that's where this is headed. We're headed toward, a, you know, if we don't stop it, we're headed toward a global wireless grid, satellite-based grid around this planet and ground-based towers that can track and identify every single living organism, including people, in real time, 24-7, right. so that not only our actions and our words can be recorded and our location can be recorded, but our own thoughts can be recorded. Um, right. And whether you obey the required actions to get your universal basic income, too, right? Precisely. I, you know, I was told 25 years ago by these reptilian ETs that um, – the reason that they were traveling through time and going back in time at various places to try and change the timelines, along with other ETs doing this, was because that they had created a tyranny on their planets that we couldn't imagine, uh, where there was satellite-based thought control, where everyone's thoughts were being monitored by satellite. And if anybody thought, even thought something out of the accepted norms, then they were punished severely or even put to death. Uh, or incapacitated, or put on prison planets like Earth. And that's a whole right. other story, but but basically sequestered away someplace so that they wouldn't interfere with the agendas of the power structure. And behind all of that was this AI, uh, this extraterrestrial AI controlling it all. Well, SpaceX has recently put up a network of satellites to generate 5G so that um, nobody will be having such a bad life because they can't get 5G, right? So that everybody will <laughs> yeah. have it. Yeah. It's going to control not just the driverless cars, but basically do what you're saying. For Earth, right. so we won't be behind. Yeah, Elon, I'm, I'm about an hour away from SpaceX uh, in Florida, and Elon Musk, yeah, he's supposedly going to have a 1,000 satellites up by March of this year, yeah, 21, and... They're putting um, 60 satellites up every other week. Um, He's smart enough to know what these things do, obviously. Oh, absolutely. So so what do you think? um, Why doesn't he like human beings? Well, I I think several things are going on. I have some contacts in the intelligence and the military, and um, they're telling me that, um, that these satellites are not being used for what they're being told the public. It, you know, it's, it's used for. They're you. They're what they're really being used for is to implement space-based weapons. For one thing, there's you know, of course, multiple uses for these things. It's not just one thing. Right. Space weaponry is one to help the secret space programs um, in their agendas, whatever they are. Probably in you know, satellite and and space weapon warfare with China and other countries and extraterrestrials. You know, as well, maybe protecting the Earth from extraterrestrials. As well as, um, are you saying they won't project 5G onto the surface? No, I'm not saying that. I'm saying that one of the uses is weaponry. I think the other use is the 5G network, the millimeter wave network, which is, you know, like I say, being pushed right now to enable the Internet of Things, which is this global surveillance system with smart appliances everywhere, you know, connected to this wireless grid, watching everything you're doing, monitoring your. Your, your voice, your face, your thoughts, mm-hmm. and controlling your thoughts. And this is not, 
conspiracy theory. You can actually go to DARPA's website, you know, Defense Advanced Research Projects Agency. You can go to their website or you can go to Wikipedia and look up Synapse Program, S-Y-N-A-P-S-E. The Synapse Program is a project by DARPA to turn the Internet of Things into a global brain that mimics the human brain uh, and, and can monitor everything in real time. Okay, so in other words, they want to create, they want to turn the internet into a self-aware brain that can monitor everything in real time on this planet and enable all kinds of weaponry, all kinds of control and slavery, et cetera, et cetera. Including uh, human physiological functions. Right? Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, that's part of what these, you know, these vaccines are. They've got, um, DNA altering, um, mRNA in them, or M- uh, and they also have uh, nanites in them that right. can alter DNA. And the DNA, you have to keep in mind, the DNA is a fractal antenna. It's a superconducting skater fractal antenna. And so, and there are various structures in the body that are fractal antennas as well. The brain neural pathways, the nervous system, uh, the DNA. There's a lot of different structures in the body that are uh, fractal antennas, and the body itself is a fractal antenna. And so these technologies... You know, it sounds conspiratorial and it sounds crazy when you're a normal layperson and you're not thinking in the terms that these military and space people, uh, space program people are. But you have to understand that, you know, we've got several secret space programs in Earth and they've been interacting with extraterrestrials for decades. And so they've reverse engineered a lot of extraterrestrial technology, but they also have seen a lot of the technologies and concepts that some ETs use in their societies. And so, you know, this is why it's beyond what most people can imagine. Well, they've um, also reverse engineered a lot of uh, technology from destroyed spacecraft, right? Absolutely. Because we have testimony on on video from people who were, who were part of the crews that went to salvage those shot down craft and sometimes yeah. kill the remaining uh, pilots and things. That's like. it. That's it. And I've met... Um, Several people in the military intelligence communities have shared information with me, and also Corey Good, who was, you know, in the secret U.S. secret space program for 20 years. I've had conversations with him, and uh, he's actually asked me about some of the technologies that he saw in some of these craft that he was on. Um, you know, once he got to know me a little bit, mm-hmm. and so we, you know, I've had conversations with people that are in positions to know about this stuff, and when you. When you hear the truth, you know, when you hear a technology described in detail um, and you, you have an engineering background, you, you know it's not bullshit, you know. Right. <laughs> Particularly if you've been working with the kind of technologies that I've worked with. I've worked with skater technologies. I've worked with free energy technologies and various things. So when somebody explains how a technology works to me, I can tell right away whether or not it's true just from what they're saying. Um, yeah, exactly. And, and there are so many different sources now that don't know each other that are basically re- reporting the same thing. Exactly. I exactly. mean, there, you know, there's I came a massive out. source of advanced technologies are from these shot-down craft. That's right. And, and also people who now witness UFO phenomena, they don't show up for as long as they used to because very quickly after they show up, there are enemy craft basically that belong to the U.S. or the deep state forces that try to destroy them immediately. So to me, that means they have a patrol network that's so developed around the whole planet now that they can show up almost anywhere that there's an intrusion from ET craft. Right, exactly. Yeah, that's it. We've got, we have technology that can detect, 
uh, anti-gravity craft, time traveling tra- craft, all kinds of things. Cause we have it too. We've reverse engineered it. And I've yeah. met four or five people in totally random, um, incidents where I wasn't even looking for it. Uh, people that have worked on anti-gravity and time travel technologies for the sp- secret space programs in the military. Right. And, and they all ex- describe it in the exact same ways. And they, this is over, you know, many years apart, different areas of the world. In completely separate circumstances, people who didn't know each other and ex- ex- describing the technologies exactly the same ways. Right. And, and several of them actually were really excited to be able to talk to me about it because they don't normally get to talk to people about it because nobody believes them. Exactly. You know, they share the information. Right. Um, but this is what people are waking up to. You know, one of the good things about this fake pandemic is that um, it's waking people up to a lot of things that they didn't believe were possible, you know, this entire I think planet, that's the people that are capable of emotionally capable of thinking outside the box a little bit. Right. And I mean, you have to understand the entire planet, including you and me have been mind controlled, you know, since our birth. And so yeah. we don't know what we don't know. And we don't know that we don't know it. Um, but we also have been very, very programmed to dismiss things outside of our, our paradigm. And so, you know, most people are not, uh, they're, they're so programmed, they're just not capable of breaking out of their box. I think a lot of, of that programming is extremely it. subtle, too. You know, it gives you beliefs that you don't even know you have because they're so deeply implanted. Yeah, uh, especially for if example, you're plugging into the beliefs the media. That, of what's impossible, for example. That's right. That's right. When you, when you don't watch TV and plug into social media and use a cell phone, it's very, very easy to see the mind control when you look at it. You know, it's right. like when I see what's going on in the media, particularly the mainstream media, but also in the alternative media as well, it's just full of mind control and program people. It's program people programming other people. And um, so, it, you know, it's like you first, if you want to step outside of the programming and the mind control and step out of the matrix, you first have to accept the fact that you're mind controlled. I think you have to not only accept it, after you accept it, you have to see it. Right, and you have to seek, you have to seek ways of breaking it. And that's one of the things I'm going to be focused on this year is teaching people how to identify mind control and how to step out and break it. Right. Um, and one of the main ways is by not plugging into social media, not plugging into, uh, you know, media and news online, on television, movies, whatever, just completely disconnect from that crap for a while and meditate, you know, clear your mind, yeah. feed your mind and your brain and your body so you can focus. Most people can't focus for more than 30 seconds without their mind wandering. Right. And it becomes apparent when you start meditating and try to focus, for example, on your breath. Um, and so it makes it very easy to hoodwink and control people because they can't focus, they can't right. think straight, they can't have deep thought, and they can't see, they can't use the right brain, the intuition, to see through when they're being lied to. Um, and so we've got to break that. And, you know, I'm not putting myself above everybody else. I'm just as mind controlled as everybody else. Um, I just recognize it, and so I seek ways of breaking it, and I don't plug into all these media. Right. Yeah, I found it really helpful to realize, well, I mean, as usual, we've got like a month of things to talk about right now in the next few minutes, but uh, maybe we'll have to do more episodes, you know, a little bit more often than every few years. But um, it seems... As far as the technological solutions... Yeah, 
<clears throat> you know, we first, we have to break the programming, you know, the scientific programming that we've been given in order to be able to create solutions. And there are some really amazing, brilliant people who've done that, who've stepped out of the paradigm and are making some amazing technologies. I've got a friend, for example, right now who is an engineer who lives near me, brilliant, brilliant man, very successful, and he's working on developing a supplement that you can take that will turn the human body into its own EMF protection device. Now, that's brilliant. How does it, how does it work? Well, it's proprietary, and I don't know exactly, but I suspect that it involves using monotonic minerals, or a.k.a. Ormus, mm-hmm. uh, to feed the body with high levels of Ormus, because when, when you put Ormus in the body, Ormus is a superconductor and it plugs into the pineal gland, plugs into the DNA, and it will unravel the DNA. It will unravel any genetic modification or damage that's been done and heal it and create the perfect blueprint for the DNA. Um, so I have and, to ask you something about Ormus just before we get too much further. Okay. Um, as you know, there's all different qualities and origins of Ormus, mm-hmm. and there's different procedures for processing it and producing it some of them use really harsh chemicals as you know and they they all claim to have gotten rid of all that before they sell it to you others are on the other end of the spectrum unprocessed essentially unprocessed for example there's a sun-dried and and labeling is often very tricky you have to know what what to how to interpret it because some things say sun-dried and they are, but there's a whole bunch of other stuff that's done to it that you don't know about. But there's a, a company that's getting uh, dead sea salt and concentrating it, not salt, but water, you know, to the point that it, it's kind of a gel semi uh, dehydrated and all kinds of things are being claimed for that. How do you see the effect of something like that that's not called Ormus, but it's like concentrated dead sea water from some clean area? Well, there is no clean dead sea salt. Dead sea salt is full of heavy metals and even radioactive particles. Wilhelm Reich, one of the things that Wilhelm Reich said was that the reason the dead sea was there and it was the way it was is because it was the site of an ancient nuclear war. The story of... Sodom and Gomorrah was actually the story of a nuclear war, and that lake was created by a nuclear crater, and it left a lot of radiation and a lot of radioactive particles in the area, <clears throat> and and that's why nothing grows there. You know, <clears throat> there's a reason that there's... so the half life was really long. <clears throat> yes, <clears throat> and also it 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 killed. Not only did it irradiate the place, but when you set off a nuclear detonation, it radically damages the geological structure you know all of the all of the soil and the rocks they're crystalline and mm-hmm. when you irradiate them with nuclear radiation it damages the crystalline lattice and programs the the minerals with negative scalar frequencies that are not harmonious to life that's why nothing will grow there and that's why there's such a concentration of salt there and so so anyway when you're making ormus from dead sea salt it's definitely toxic Okay. But even if you're using a source, if you're using what's called the wet method and making these, you know, these um, wet precipitates where you mix lye with some kind of salt and water, um, you're you're not really creating ormus. You're creating an ormus concentrate precipitate that is a, a silicate that has to be broken down and converted in the body or in some way into monoatomic elements. 
And so it's a way that average people can create it and utilize it in some ways, but it's not really monoatomic elements. And so that's not what I'm talking about, although you, you can make that. But if you're going to make that kind of stuff, you need to be vortexing it in magnetic fields and water to break down the precipitate into monoatomic elements and make them bioavailable. So uh, how do they make the best kind? Right. Or ferment them. You can ferment them, especially if you do it in magnetic fields, and that will break them down and create true monoatomics in natural states that the body can utilize and recognize. Uh, you can vortex it in, in water and magnetic fields. There are various things you can do. You can run it through um, rodent coils that have certain frequencies pulsed through them to create resonance. There's, there's a lot of ways of doing it. Most of them are more sophisticated than the average person is going to be able to do. But the best way for you know average people to create ormus is either using fermentation or photosynthesis or vortexing uh, minerals in, in water in magnetic fields. So, for example, you can put liquid sea minerals, like concentrated liquid sea minerals, in a water vitalizer and vortex it in water in a magnetic field, and it will create monoatomics, which you can then feed to yourself or to plants or animals and get amazing results. Um, you can feed rock powders to plants and use microbes, like effective microorganisms with them, to break the rock powders down, uh, volcanic rock powders, which are high in monoatomic elements. Right. And that'll break down and the plants can uptake them. And then you'll have plants that have very high levels of monoatomics, bioavailable monoatomics in them in natural states. So rock uh, dust is a really critical element in bringing the soil back to its full potential. Absolutely, yeah. You get amazing magical properties. I mean, that's one of the reasons why when you see volcanic eruptions and afterwards, very quickly, you see plants growing on bare rock, you know, like right. in Hawaii and Mount St. Helens and places like that. You'll yeah. see rocks and trees growing on bare rock. How is that possible? It's because these monoatomics, volcanic rock and ash are so high in monoatomics, they create superconducting Meissner fields that plants can feed off of directly because it's skater and that energy. really threatens the conventional npk plant nutrition model oh yeah you know, people would be saying well yeah the rocks may be great for minerals but where's the nitrogen yeah yeah i, I know some guys that developed a really simple uh, non-toxic soap made out of six herbs and when you put it on soil you mix it with water and put it on soil it will break the minerals down into monoatomics and angstrom particles that the plants can feed on and wow. get massive growth and they were, you know, they went to big ag with it, thinking that they were going to be the saviors <laughs> of agriculture. And they, right, had, right. they had multiple attempts on their lives. They had to move to South America. Yeah, I was going to say, did they get shot immediately or just <laughs> exactly? <around? laughs> That's what happened. You know, they got they got shot and poisoned, and they had to move to South America. And so, uh, yeah, and they told me not to name their product <laughs> publicly, uh, yeah, so I can't right. tell what it is. But uh, yeah, that's the kind of stuff that happens when you get out with real solutions. Um, but these are the kinds of things that people can do for themselves if they want to play with Ormus is use yeah. fermentation also. You can take rock powders or liquid minerals and you can put them in ferments and then put the ferment uh, bucket or vessel into a magnetic field, either surround it with magnetite sand or with magnets and um, and then you can create Ormus that way, very simply, very naturally, very inexpensively. Or this as a fertilizer, basically, right? You can use it as a fertilizer, or you can ingest it. You know, um, mm. 
you can make food. I mean, I, this is one of the things I've been teaching for many years is how to, how to grow and ferment high ormus superfoods and sprouts and things like that that just have nutrient levels off the charts. You know, I'll give an example. Dr. Joe Mercola, who's a friend and a neighbor of mine, mm-hmm. years ago, <laughs> when he moved to Florida, he got interested. He went down to Hippocrates Health Institute in South Florida, and he came back all excited about sprouting. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I was up at his house, and he had some sprouts growing, and they looked really pathetic. And I, I said, what's going on here? And he said, oh, well, I'm trying to sprout. And I said, well, you know, just do these four things, you know, you know, use Ormus and Skater energy and a couple other things. I think uh, the proper, you know, rock powders and this, that, that. And so, you know, being Dr. Mercola, he he didn't just boil it off. He wrote it down and he did right, it. Right, right. And about ten days later, he calls me up. What the hell is this stuff? Yeah. And I said, what? And he said, he said, not only did he get amazing sprouts, but he sent them off to a lab to have them analyzed, and the nutrient levels were off the charts. Right. And so I wound up having a four-hour conversation with him about skater energy and Ormus and what it can do. And these are two major things that are going to be keys for us to protect ourselves and heal ourselves from all of this stuff, whether it's 5G or nuclear fallout or, you know, genetic modification and vaccines, et cetera, et cetera. And so he said, you know, after that conversation, he said, I haven't been this excited since I went from allopathic to naturopathic. Yeah, yeah. You know, and so... There are a lot of really amazing, cool things we can do with very inexpensively with these concepts, but you have to step out of the mainstream science narrative and paradigm right. and open your mind up. Um, you know, and the, and the bottom line is somebody the other day I was doing a webinar and somebody said, well, you know, how do we know this is true? And I said, simple, do it. Just do See it. See what happens. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So don't take my word for it. You know, go out and do this stuff and see, you know, get your own truth, get your own results. When you're um, talking about using rock dust with sprouts, you don't want to directly eat the rock dust, right? I mean, it's going to be really Certain abrasive. rock powders, you actually can. Like azomite, you can actually take it directly and the body will break, not all of it down, but it'll break down enough of it. You'll get all kinds of minerals and, and ormus. Would you normally rinse it off so you don't have to... You know, have your teeth be scarred and stuff like that. Because chewing well, rock dust could be a little severe. What I recommend people to do is to ferment rock powders and make your own, you know, and, and not just rock powders. I tell people to make these brews where you take, you know, effective microorganisms, which is a, a probiotic culture, and you, you know, put it in water and you mix it with some molasses. And then you can throw in rock powders, you can throw in herbs. You can throw in crappy supplements that are not very bioavailable. You can put in superfoods. You can put all kinds of stuff into it and create these very custom-tailored brews that are massive in ormus, massive in nutrients, massive in energetics, and very, very healing. And for you know pennies, you can do this. And so I've been teaching this for many years. Uh, but that's one thing you can do. Rather than eating the rock powders, you can, for example, if you do want to take a mineral supplement directly, you can take uh, liquid sea minerals directly, and you can also ferment them. Okay, where do you get liquid sea minerals? Well, I've got them on my website. Uh, Concentrates, for example, liquid sea minerals. You can go online and find other brands, but it's an inexpensive one. Like six-month supply is like $15. And, um, you know, you just take a teaspoon of that, put it in a water vitalizer, and vortex it you know, for 27 minutes in a magnetic field. And then you've got angstrom and monatomic minerals, which you can then feed to plants. You can feed it to, to 
Um, ferments, you can drink it yourself. You can give it to your pets. Where do you get a water vitalizer? Uh, you can get them online. We sell them on our website at freshandalive.com. How expensive are they? They're very expensive, $600. And it, it's a little thing that looks like a blender. Uh-huh. Uh, Vortex's water. But if you uh, contact us, we can give you a coupon code for $100 off. The okay. manufacturer won't let us post it on our website publicly anymore. Um, but if people they contact they us... Won't, they won't let you publicize the, the coupon, you mean? No, they won't let us publicize you know, a $100 discount. Okay. Because quite honestly, I think, that, I think the device is overpriced uh, by a lot. And so we give, we give people $100 off on it. So you're a reseller of that? Yes. And, but you're comparable to other sources, I would think, in price, right? We're way cheaper than other sources. Oh, you are. Because okay, in so, my mind, the, the thing is way overpriced. So can we talk for a second about what it does? Because I, I bet almost nobody's ever heard of one of those. Yeah, it looks like a blender. And by the way, I also teach people how to make their do this with a blender. Uh, and we can talk about that. But uh, it looks like a blender. But in the bottom of it, it has, instead of a, a blade, it has a little propeller that's actually spun magnetically. And so the base of this uh, thing creates a strong rotating or bucking magnetic field, and that makes this little impeller spin. And so, um, so it very gently vortexes the water, and it also it has this basket in the bottom of it with minerals in it. And so it will, while it's vortexing, it will dissolve those minerals, and because it's doing it in a magnetic field, uh, it will break down the minerals, the inorganic minerals, into 100% bioavailable monoatomic elements and angstrom elements, which are mineral particles of just a few atoms per particle. Normally, with inorganic minerals and a lot of unnatural mineral forms, um, the particles will have tens of thousands of atoms of the element per particle, and it's too big to get into the cells and feed them. So that device, by vortexing them in water, it will break them down and make them bioavailable. So, so it's using uh, minerals that you buy with the device, or how, how do you get yeah, that? Yeah, it comes with a little, like I say, it's got this little, what they call a mineral cube. But it's like a little, um, it's like a little cage with these little mineral pellets in it, and it will dissolve those mineral pellets. And after about four to six months, you have to replace the cube. But you can also just put your own liquid minerals into it. So, you know, once you've gone through a cube, you can, you know, dump out the remaining uh, beads if you want and leave that in there because it holds the impeller. And then you can put liquid minerals into it or rock powders or whatever. So could you use the the liquid sea minerals that you have on your site for that? Yeah, I use both the minerals in the mineral cube and I use the concentrates, liquid sea minerals. And sometimes I'll use rock powders and other stuff. Um, cause I'll throw like supplements. When I do it, I'm putting in supplements in there like E3 live, you know, frozen blue green algae. Uh, I might put vitamins and minerals and all kinds of stuff in there and I'll vortex it for 27 minutes and that will break it all down and make it bioavailable. If it's not, usually it already is, but, okay. um, but it makes, it creates ormus is what it really does is it creates the monoatomic versions of the minerals and those are extremely healing and regenerative. And you can see this. If you just vortex minerals in there and feed it to plants, you will see astronomical growth. Or right. you feed it to ferments, you will see astronomical growth. So, for example, you know, um, I've made water kefir where normally water kefir, the culture looks like these little jelly 
beads about the size of a green pea. Hmm. Uh, but when I feed it Ormus water spun in a, in a vitalizer and I ferment the water keeper in that water, the, the grains, as they call them, instead of being the size of a pea, they'll be the size of a large marble. And they will ferment, instead of seven to ten days, they'll ferment in about five days. So, you know, hmm. roughly half the time and produce much more nutrition. So that's one of the benefits of using monotonics, you know, in your nutrition and in your fruit. Right, and and you said that sometimes you would use the liquid sea minerals for for the mineral source to in the water vitalizer, and sometimes you would use something else. Right. So, for example, okay, I have a I have a five gallon glass <clears throat> water dispenser in my kitchen, mm-hmm. and I take my filtered well water, and I add concentrates to it. And I will vortex it. And also, by the way, sometimes I will put ormus precipitate. So, you know, these, these ormus precipitates that we talked about, making them with salt and lye, I will take some of that and put it in there and vortex it for 27 minutes, and then I'll put it in my drinking water vessel, and I will drink that water exclusively. And so that's all I drink. And then when I'm doing supplements in the morning, I will put my superfoods and rock powders, whatever I'm using, I'll throw them all together in the vitalizer, and I'll vortex them for 27 minutes. And that will create angstrom particles that are much more healing than the regular uh, supplements by themselves. Yeah. So in that way, you can amplify the effects of your supplements and superfoods. Yeah, because I know you talked about also using the rock dust as part of the ingredients, but you know, the rock dust I've used for gardens and things, it's like very fine sand. It would be very hard on your teeth. So It's not hard on your it? teeth. Like if you use azomite, it's like 400 grit or maybe higher. So it's okay. very, very fine, kind of like talcum powder. Uh-huh. But okay. it does taste uh, a little gritty. You know, so I mean, you're not going to be sitting there grinding your teeth with it. But uh, and, and for that reason, you don't need to do that. You can do that. Because azomite, for example, is really good for people with back aches uh, and spinal issues. It's really good for re- regenerating the spine. So you might want to do it. But normally, I don't do rock powders in my vitalizer. I just use liquid, you know, sea minerals like concentrates in there, and then you don't get the grittiness. Like the but one you talked make it about, less the sea gritty when you vortex it. So you could use the liquid sea minerals that you talked about. That, yeah, and like I say, other other things. What's the difference between azomite and rock dust? Well, azomite is a specific type of rock dust. Azomite is a specific rock powder that comes from the southwest, I think in um, Arizona, I believe it is. Uh, there are many, many others. You know, there's rhyolite and uh, Redmond minerals. There's a whole slew of rock powders. There's a great book called The Enlivened Rock Powders by Harvey Lyle, L-I-S-L-E. And so if people are interested in learning about rock powders and using them for agriculture or for their own health, that's a great book to start with because it tells you all these different non-toxic rock powders and where to get them. And then there are mineral companies, like I say, like Redmond Minerals that makes Redmond real salt, you know, mm-hmm. and, and others. You know, we sell, for example, a Skater Energized uh, mixture of five different salts on our website called, uh, I think it's Five Alive Salts <clears throat> or something like that. Are those so, earth salts or oceans? What's that? Are those earth salts from the ground or are they in, from the ocean? They're from the ground. They're from ancient. Because those are the old oceans that weren't polluted, right? Right. Okay. Exactly. 
So what do you think of things like Bolivian rose salt and Himalayan and stuff like that? Um, if they're from a good source, they can be great. For example, I've got 400 pounds of Himalayan salt that's hand-mined without mm-hmm. explosives, mm-hmm. and I'm getting ready to, we're going to be putting that on our website in the next few weeks. And that stuff's great, you know. It's not as good as the Skater Energized salt that I have because that's a mixture of Hawaiian black and Hawaiian red and Himalayan and mm-hmm. uh, some salts from the southwestern United States. They're all primordial underground salts. Okay. Um, and then and they've those, been Skater Energized. So that's a better your, mixture than just Himalayan the, the, by those itself. Those are on your site, right? Yeah. How, much, how expensive is that? Uh, I think it's like $42 for a quart jar, which is about two or three pounds. Okay. It's a which fair amount of salt. Lasts for a while because you don't use tons of salt. Hopefully. Exactly. And it's also therapeutic. You can use it therapeutically as well as, as a seasoning. Okay. 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 And what's the deal about 27 minutes? Why is that a good length of time? Uh, I think it has to do with the sacred geometry of the coils that they built into the vitalizer because, um, yeah, it, you know, you can set it for either nine minutes, eighteen minutes, or twenty-seven minutes. They like and, multiples of nine, I guess. Yeah, I think it's. I think it's got to do with well, and if you think about this too, the universe is structured fractally based on geometry, and the geometry is of the triangles and combinations of the triangle, and so it's going to be based on geometry based on 3, 6, 9, or 12. Mm-hmm. Tesla talked about that quite a bit. Uh, and so I think that's what it has to do with a combination of the structure, like the energetic structure of the cosmos and the energetics of the coils and maybe the geometry of the coils. Um, I think it has something to do with that, <clears throat> but it's proprietary, so I don't know. Last time we talked, the other thing I was going to mention about salt that's really potentially great healing. And, you know, there are violently opposed groups, some saying that salt is is really great and essential even. Other groups saying, you know, salt is the most evil thing in the world, except maybe raw milk is more evil, but it's pretty evil. And one thing, last time we were talking to um, Sam, Dr. Osmanagich, he was saying, they got some salt, and because it's a crystal, this is my understanding anyway, crystals are programmable, not as you know widely as the energy field around a human, but it's programmable, as is water, which is a liquid crystal. And he took um, a bunch of salt, put it inside the pyramid that he discovered, and it could be done on a smaller scale pyramid too, and then fed the salt to a bunch of people in prisons, and they got reformed and, you know, normal again. So salt has incredible potential. Exactly, yeah. And Dr. Alexander Golod, the Russian pyramid scientist, did the same thing with his pyramids. He put salt in it and gave it to people and and put it in prisons. So the other thing is that, you know, the ultimate technology, of course, is human consciousness. It's just that we're not in touch with all of it. And in in our trans transition to that it really helps to use some of these aids but ultimately that's where we're going to discover the most right and so in the water movie that you remember that one of the things they were doing is the technicians were programming three different glasses of water and showing that it changed the frozen crystalline structure and all that so since salt is a crystal and you could say well it's less malleable than water but 
all these elements are basically mostly empty space anyway. They're mostly frequency that just look solid because our senses are tuned to perceive them, right? So if you fo- were able to focus your intent on salt, you could do as good as well or better than a pyramid. Absolutely. Right. Um, I met a Buddhist monk out in Los Angeles years ago. We were both speakers at a conference, and I was so impressed with the guy. I, I took his class at the conference, and then I went to his office after the conference and uh, paid for some private sessions with him while I was there. And he taught me some meditations that you can alter food and water, take toxic food and water, and reprogram it, make it non-toxic, yeah. and, um, and, and radically change it. So um, he took nasty L.A. tap water, which I have tested before, and I know it's in it. It's god-awful. Got Not only is it full of it. chemicals and toxins, it's got toilet paper and all kinds of stuff. Yeah. You, you, you can actually put some um, uh, black mica extract in it, and it will drop out all the, the dissolved solids and stuff in it, and you can see this orange crud in the bottom of it. Wow. Disgusting water, right? So he just takes some nasty L.A. tap water, and he's going to have me drink, and I'm like, there's no way. <laughs> you know? But we did a two-minute meditation over it with this specific uh, Buddhist chant that he knew, mm-hmm. and it radically altered the taste of it, right? And I drank it and didn't have any ill effects. And then wow. he took some old crappy, like, GMO snacks and stuff, and I was like, oh, no, 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 no. Yeah. And he did the same thing. You know, we meditated over it, and then we ate it, and no ill effects whatsoever, right? Right, and you're so, pretty sensitive to that stuff. so you can- Oh, yeah, it would make me sick. If I eat a GMO, I'm out of work for days. Yeah. So when I got home, we were continuing our sessions over the phone. And at home, I've got equipment and stuff. I can test things. So yeah. when we were doing this meditation over the water, I said, hey, you know what? I want to empirically test this. And so we meditated, or actually I meditated doing this uh, chant that he taught me over a glass of water. And uh, it was my well water. It was uh, it was filtered, but it wasn't... Uh, it wasn't drinking water. It was filtered for showers and stuff. Yeah. And, um, and I meditated over two minutes. And well, and also before I, before I did anything to it, I tested the pH. Um, I had, I had a frozen sample of it where I could see the crystallization pattern of it, which indicates a lot about its molecular structure. And, um, <clears throat> I also did a GDV camera analysis of it showing how much energy it was putting off, how much skater energy it was putting off. So then I meditated over this water, and then I took it and tested the pH. Now, initially, the pH of it was around 7. Mm-hmm. And after meditating over it for two minutes, the pH rose to 9.5. It's a big okay. change. And then I put it in the freezer, and I froze it, and the uh-huh. crystallization pattern was radically different. And not only that, but now this is well water with minerals in it, mm-hmm. and presumably is going to have some ormus in it. And I actually, I know it does have ormus because I've done things, tested my water and done things to it to extract the ormus out of it. So I know it's got ormus in it. So anyway, when I took this water that we meditated over, put it in the freezer in a, in a little cup, the, not only did it freeze and have a really weird crystallization pattern, it also had a, this really weird um, bubble pattern inside of it with these like really long, weird bubbles, you know, geometric pattern. And the water developed a stalagmite up the middle of it because the ormus 
I've done this before. When I take water that's high in ormus that's been made bioavailable, um, the ormus levitates. It's anti-gravitational, and so it will actually, as the water is evaporating, you know, it'll levitate the water molecules. And um, so anyway, <clears throat> it it formed this stalagmite because it was in a freezer, and that mm-hmm. levitating water froze, and it also climbed up the side of the of the vessel that it was mm-hmm. in. So <clears throat> this was all from a two-minute meditation. And, you know, I've taught my employees this when I travel. Mm-hmm. You know, if I can't get good bottled spring water, or even if I do get bottled spring water, I always do that two-minute meditation on the bottle of water to radically structure it. Well, and, it's uh, a deeper meaning of saying grace over your food. Yes, yes. And, you know, I mean, it was very it was one of the things that these, these <clears throat> reptilians taught me was to tone over my food and my water. Because right. toning can uh, radically heal and, your food. And, it, and, and the tone works the best if your attention is in a certain attitude, too, with it. I mean, minor differences in the subtle aspects of your attention make a huge yeah, Absolutely, because you are an antenna capturing God consciousness from the cosmos. That's kind of one way to look at that. Yeah. You know, every planet and sun in the cosmos has a black hole at its center, and the the whole multiverse is a is a scalar energy web, and this energy this scalar energy emanates from the centers of galaxies. It, it's been discovered at the centers of galaxies. Mainstream scientists say there's a black hole at the centers of galaxies. What it really is is a superluminal sun. The photons that are coming out of there are so going so much faster than the conventional speed of light. They appear invisible or black to us. Right. So right. our scientists call it dark energy or dark matter or whatever. But it's actually it's superluminal light, and that light energy is relayed through all the planets and the suns that the, through their black holes are like portals for this energy. So there's a network tying together all the central suns. Yes, coming from the giant, galactic central sun. Yes, we have this cosmic web, this network of information and consciousness flowing through everything. Like it's kind of like the Force in Star Wars, and right, it, it, right. it goes through every scale of the cosmos. You know, it's coming to us from our sun and up from the Earth. And we're fractal antennas that capture it. Exactly. And within our own bodies, we've got millions of black holes within our own bodies. The acupuncture meridians, the brain neural pathways, uh, there's all these different structures yeah. in the body with these superconducting monoatomic minerals that create these black holes. Right. So as above, so below. At every scale of the universe, we have this cosmic web of black holes. Uh, and Yeah, the human organism is... A lot more than what we think. And, and, and tied to that, before we have to wrap up here, because our five minutes is just about up here. Okay. But um, um, <clears throat> I want to ask you about another related topic, uh, which is you mentioned deprogramming people who are caught in, in the, uh, you know, the programming that we've been given to be slaves and get ready to be exterminated and the usual stuff. And I realized, depending on how good you get at that, the deprogramming issue. The deprogramming issue is a really, really big deal because not only do you get people back to what they thought was normal, which is a minute fraction of what the real normal is. What I've found is that the perpetrators who are behind what's happening systematically to our planet right now and all life on it, the, and a lot of people have attacked me for being completely wrong on this. That, you know, their belief says it, but I can see it now. And that is that even the worst perpetrators 
are only appearing bad because of the programming they're looking through. And if you could take that away, that would be a really big deal because the bad guys would become good guys, which is what everything is made out of the same spirit. And there's no reason reason that can't happen. Yeah, if if you could see the other person or being's pain, then you would have total compassion for them. Yeah. Um, And I'll give you an example of that. Years ago, before I knew any of this stuff, man, I didn't know any. I was a computer programmer, you know, writing code and drinking sodas and eating Kit Kat bars every morning at work. I knew nothing about natural health. I knew nothing about anything. I never even heard the term Illuminati. I was your typical uh, American eating, you know, McDonald's double cheeseburgers and the whole nine yards. Very well educated. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so um, I had these kind of hippy-dippy friends who called me up and they said, hey, uh, we want to host a rebirthing and we don't have any space to do it. Can we do it at your house? Because we had a large open living room. They wanted and to I do like, what? Sorry, I didn't quite hear you. A rebirthing. We had a, we had oh, a large oh, oh, open okay. living room. Right. And they wanted to borrow our living room. And, and I didn't know what rebirthing was. I never heard of that. And I was like, well, what is rebirthing? And they said, oh, it's this amazing combination of breath work and body work and emotional healing work, you know, to release your emotional issues. And I was like, okay, sure, fine, you know. So they had about a dozen people. And it was all people that I knew that came. And, of course, my wife and I did it as well. And it was amazing. Yeah. But in the course of that, that rebirthing, it was a weekend workshop. It wasn't just like one one hour session. It was a whole weekend, and uh, there was a, a woman in the group who you know everybody knew. Everybody knew each other. We were all friends, but there was this one woman who everybody thought was a quote bitch, and um, she, you know everybody looked out for her because she was always stirring up trouble and always angry and that kind of stuff. And in the course of that rebirthing workshop, uh, it came out that this, this poor woman had been raped as a child repeatedly by her father over and over again growing up, you know? Yeah. And when we saw the depth of her pain and saw her just crying from the depths of her soul over and over and over, you know, experiencing this stuff, all of the judgment that we had about this woman went away and she became radically different and we became radically different. Yeah. Because we saw her pain and she was able to release it. And so, you know, nobody thinks they're evil in their own mind. Even these these people that are perpetrating population reduction and enslavement on this planet, they think they're doing a good thing. They think that they're saving the earth by getting rid of the infestation. Yeah, but they're but their bosses at the highest levels are worshiping actual pain and suffering for its own sake. Right, satanic, right. But I'm saying this is radical. But from most people's point of view, I'm saying even those guys, even their bosses who are not in human form, they're made out of exactly the identical spirit that we are, and their programming's nastier. But it should be possible to break through it, and that's going to have a lot to do with the future of this planet. Oh, absolutely. Do it in time. Yeah, it will. It will. Exactly. I was complaining one time about um, the Bush family years ago when, you know, George Bush, the two Bushes were in power. Uh, I was complaining actually to these reptilians. And one of the things they said to me was, well, actually, it takes a higher level of consciousness to play the bad guy in your reality. And I never thought about it that way. And and then I got to thinking about other people in my life that I know personally that Uh were very negative. But if it wasn't for them, I wouldn't be 
the person that I am, you know. And Teachers so, come disguised. Right. And then, you know, Corey Good and these other secret space program people came out and started talking about these reptilian extraterrestrials that are doing very, very damaging negative things to the planet and have been for thousands of years. And then it turns out that they're infected with these AI nanobots and they're not in control of their destiny. Exactly. So as a hint of what you're looking forward to with the deprogramming theories and principles, uh, obviously we don't have time for much of it, but what I'm looking at is what are the basics and what are the different levels of evil that they could be applied to because all those beings are only looking evil because of the programming. Yeah, right. A lot of them want to change. They just don't know how. Exactly. They're so so most to figure that out. So, you know, so, you know, we have to show them how and the way and and we have to show people how. And the way that you do that, first of all, starting out is by unplugging from media. You know, stop watching TV, stop watching the news, stop being on social media, you know, stop getting your dopamine hits from Facebook or whatever, Twitter or whatever it is you're using. And what you'll find, number one, is you'll be immediately freed because, like, when you're not being exposed to all the negativity and nonsense in all of those platforms, it's like being freed, you know. Stop using your cell phone as much as you can, you know. Right, I have a cell right. phone. I'm not a Luddite. I use it when I need it. But yeah. I probably now, with COVID tracing everything, I probably use it 10 minutes a month. Um and you don't hold it like this when you use it. Oh, yeah. Never put it up your head and that kind of thing. But when you start unplugging from media and start meditating, slow your brainwave stays down because cell yeah. phones radically, any wireless technology, Wi-Fi, all that stuff, it radically accelerates brainwave states, keeps you from getting into deep sleep, and right. then you're stressed, et cetera. you got to slow the brain down, relax the body, relax the brain. Then you can focus, and then your guides, your self, God, whatever it is, however you want to conceive of it, <clears throat> this knowledge and information can come in through meditation and tell you what you specifically need in your life to maintain right. your health and happiness and safety, et cetera, et cetera. <clears throat> you know, I've got a friend who just moved here from India. He's a meditator. He doesn't watch TV or anything. He's not plugged in any of that stuff. He meditates two hours a day. And... When I saw all this stuff going on with the, you know, elections and predictions of, you know, possible shortages and things like that and COVID, I just mentioned him. I said, well, look, uh, there's a lot of stuff going on I'm hearing. So uh, just stock up on food and water, you know, and mm-hmm. you know, be ready for possible Internet outages or whatever. And he did. And this guy manifested what he needed without having to plug into any of that stuff. And we all can do that. Right. And and even if you're in a position where your daily life requirements seem to not allow you to fully withdraw, you can change the impact of it on you by building up the other frequency, right? Yeah, absolutely. So I guess, you know, I wish the time didn't go by so fast. We could spend another 10 hours easy. But <laughs> um, for a bottom line, you know, when things are not looking extremely optimistic from a realistic point of view on this plane. Um, A lot of people feel like what they do in themselves and for self-transformation, they're one person out of 7.8 billion and it's not going to make any difference. What would you say to that? Well, that's utterly not true. Look at what Martin Luther King did. Look at what Gandhi did. Look what people, we have been misguided that we're not powerful. We 
one individual can change the planet. Yeah. You know, you can meditate and focus on helping, you know, who, some person in power that, that you think is doing, you know, helping the planet. Focus on helping them or focus on helping shift the consciousness of somebody who's doing negative things. Yeah. Get together in meditation groups and do that. Um, and, you know, don't discount your own power. Get together with like-minded friends. Do meditation. You know, the more that you do this stuff and the more that you see results, real-world results, then you'll start to realize you really have a lot of power. So most of those 7.8 billion people who are not doing that, they are putting out frequencies that are not coherent, right? right. And the ones that you can do instead... It gives you a disproportionate influence on everybody else, I would think. It does. And and it also, you know, when you can be in the eye of the storm, when everything else around you is flying around and tearing apart, yeah, you can be just fine. I mean, you know, 2020 was a good year for me. Um, and it, COVID had nothing, that, you know, no impact. It, it was actually kind of good for business, but it, it didn't, COVID was not a concern at all because I've been teaching for 15 years how to deal with bioweapons. That was no big deal. Right. You know, the most difficult thing for me was dealing with stalkers that I had because so many people mm-hmm. are angry and upset these days. And, and I learned lessons in that and how to deal with that simply by using these very things I'm talking about. Meditation, sending love. Yeah, you know, yeah. Like it's really power. hard for them to latch on to a conflict with somebody who's in harmony, right? Right. It just because behind the obvious physical stuff that's going on, behind all of that, there's consciousness. And not just your consciousness, not the consciousness of the people that are obviously involved, but also the the consciousness of the non-physical entities that are feeding off of it or manipulating it or helping out. You know, you can call them angels or demons or spirits or spirit guides, whatever you want to call it. There is a whole realm of non-physical reality where consciousness exists and they interact with us all the time. And so behind the obvious things that are going on, there are these spiritual things or non-physical things going on that we need to understand is there and interact with it, work with it to uh, benefit. And they have to follow certain laws as well, right? So absolutely, they're waiting in a lot of cases for an invitation. Yeah, every, you know, there is universal law. There are certain operating, there are certain ways that the universe works. It just, you know, it's just the way matter and energy and consciousness works. It's like, you know, you can say all day long that um, I'm going to meditate and, you know, it's like Jonathan Living Seagull. You can meditate all day long, but if you jump off the Empire State Building, chances are pretty good you're going to hit the bottom and die. Yeah, yeah. If you're a really, really, really powerful being, and I've met a few, no, then they could probably do. jump off and not hit the ground. Right. But right. Just that takes a lifetime of work. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. So we have a lot more to, to look at. But I guess the, the message would be, you know, don't wait, start. Use what you know about now and keep learning. And, and the one thing that I always tell people, particularly when they're down and ejected, is, the one giant, huge trump card that we have, we always have had, and we always will have, is that consciousness creates reality. And so when you really get that you're creating your reality, then you can stay focused on creating an uplifting reality and have an amazing time amidst the chaos. You know, yeah. it's like, well, all this COVID stuff's going on. I know all kinds of people that are freaking out and suffering and all kinds of horrible things. Right. I'm hanging out in Florida with my friends having bonfires and potlucks, and we're not wearing masks, and we don't give a crap. 
Yeah. Because yeah, we've exactly. got solutions for all this stuff. Right, 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 exactly. Um, well, if you get time, we have more to talk about, and we'll do some more episodes. Sure. But, um, hold on, and we'll say goodbye in the break here. Okay, you guys, there goes Ken Rolla, who is the creator of Fresh and Alive. A lot of amazing products, some of which I've bought and used, and they've been great. Uh, the Rest Shield and other things that we've talked about. And I haven't been to the site for a while, so I need to go again and check it out. And I'm not getting money for telling you this in case anybody's wondering. It's just he's doing a great job. Uh, Freshandalive.com, very interesting site that's worth looking at. Freshandaliveclub.com, which I didn't know about before, is his private club for more uncensored material. I think I'm going to join that. Sounds like Doug is too. Freshandaliveclub.com. It's really cheap. It's almost free. It's like $5 one time. He's just setting it up not for revenue, but for a place to not get censored. And it sounds like it's a really good thing. And you know, the bottom line of our discussion, I think, is what we've talked about for a long time, self-transformation first, and then once you really start doing that, it affects everybody else. And and as we talked about with Ken, I think it's the best way to get directly to the rulers, the perpetrators of the ongoing assault against humanity, that even the ones who seem to be totally consciously, intentionally doing everything they're doing. Uh, They're victims of programming, as we've talked about with Ken a lot. And that programming is penetrable, breakable, dissolvable, if we get to a point where we have the skill to do it. And I think that can be done. That's kind of the, the premise of Planetary Healing Club. So if you want to be part of that, you're welcome and invited where, wherever you are in the world. In fact, We'd like to have people from all over the world in that club working together, not only on uh, physical health things that are forbidden knowledge in America and most of the world right now, but ancient health understanding about nature and how to harmonize with it, but also consciousness work beyond the physical part that most people don't even know or wouldn't believe that it's actually real. They think some kind of new age nonsense belief. It's not like that. They're, the reality is way beyond what our rudimentary intellects have grasped at this point. And fortunately, there are ways to get in touch with it and not just get in touch with it and experience it, but use it, which is to me the urgent priority at this point because I have a pretty good grasp of where the rulers intend to take us right now, the details of how and why, and I don't think that's a good idea. I think we should reverse it. We don't have to do anything bad to them. We can actually help rescue them so that they have a change of heart within the power structure, and I really think, however silly that may sound to people, that that's still possible. I don't know how much time we've got, but we've got the immediate present, and I think we should use it. You know, to not just complain about what's happening, but get in touch with something that they have no defense against. It's not on the physical level. And we get into more detail in the club meetings. PlanetaryHealingClub.com Or if you have questions about it, just email me, Richard at LostArtsRadio.com and I'll get to it as soon as I can and answer questions to see if it's worth your time to participate. 
it's not a belief system or a religion or anything. It's practical tools and protocols that we can use to be more effective at turning around what's going on right now. What else? Um, he mentioned some products that sound good. I didn't know about them. But liquid sea minerals, I thought, sounded really good. And the water vitalizer, it's kind of expensive, but I want to read about it. So I think those things are on freshandalive.com, and there's a lot more there. Uh, we'll have Ken back because we barely scratched, scratched the surface of what there really is to talk about. Uh, the other thing is we have no commercials. Anybody that would like to help keep us on the air and actually fund some of the projects that we've got waiting that can't move forward until we get funds for them. It's mostly through donations of people that think what we're doing might be of value and they want to help us keep doing it. That's it. Donate buttons on lostartsradio.com and lostartsresearchinstitute.org and subscribestar.com slash lostartsradio. Also really advisable to um, subscribe to our free channel at brighteon.com and we're getting on more non-censoring uh, platforms all the time now, so watch for that. But yeah, if you want to support us, not if you're struggling for survival, don't do it then. But if you've got resources, um, we'll use them well if you feel like supporting us. I appreciate it. Questions and comments and so- show suggestions and you know, on this Sunday show that you're watching right now, we look for inspirational guests and organizations that are doing something positive and constructive and useful for individuals and society and try to bring those out. We'll keep having um, amazing people and groups on as quickly as we can find them. And we've got a lot in line right now waiting to come on. So uh, what else? Um, what did I forget? I think that's most of it. But stay in touch. Your feedback is always really invited. And uh, if you want to try out Planetary Healing Club, that meets Saturdays at um, 5.30, no, 6 o'clock Pacific, 9, is that right? 4.30, 5.30, I think. 5.30 Pacific. Anyway, it's on the site. And three hours later, Eastern Time. And that's live and interactive and Doug and I are there in person every week. And I think uh, you might find that very educational and useful on a whole other level. And we also have um, Lost Arts Radio Live, 4.30 Pacific, 7.30 Eastern. And yeah, that one's 4.30 to 5.30, and then we have a half-hour break. And then 6 Pacific and 9 Eastern, every Saturday we have Planetary Healing Club. But Lost Arts Radio Live is first, and that one's about current events and related issues to that. And what I'm trying to do with that one right now, that's our public show, whereas the Planetary Healing Club is private. But on the public show, there's so much of concern, you might say, that's happening in the world right now. Trying to put it together, and I work on this all week leading up to the Saturday show, in a way that it's accurate and educational about what we're really faced with, but not in a way that's going to make people just feel defeated and give up and overwhelmed and and that kind of stuff, because I don't really feel like that's our situation. The power of consciousness that Ken was alluding to is so powerful. It's just the problem is it's asleep in most people right now, or it's just in the beginning stages of waking up. 
And as that gets stronger, if it can be done quickly enough, there's still time to turn everything around. And I think that would be good for us to do at this point. You know, not just entertaining, interesting shows, but practical stuff that you can use. That's planetaryhealingclub.com, but you can also do it on your own, do it with a friend that has a similar approach to you, and take care of yourself because it's the best way you can help the rest of the world. Don't let yourself fall apart just because things are stressful. That's when you have to do the best job you can to hold yourself together, become stronger, get in touch with spirit, uncover what your own consciousness really is because there's almost no knowledge of that these days and it needs to come back like right away. Um, So do what you can. Hope you have a great week. I know it's starting tomorrow and um, remember good things can happen just as suddenly as anything bad. And a lot of it's up to you. What Ken was talking about today with consciousness, creating your own reality. It's not just something comforting to believe. It's really true. And if you do it, You can prove it to yourself, and that's the beginning, and uh, see what we can do with it, helping each other. So have a good week. Thanks for being with us, and we'll see you next time. Introducing Lost Arts Radio on Subscribestar.com. Just go to Subscribestar.com slash Lost Arts Radio to find our rewards program, offering 10 different giving levels starting at just 5 bucks a month. We offer incredible value for any rewards level from extra monthly interview videos not available publicly to subscription-based Planetary Healing Club videos once, twice, or three times a month to private counseling sessions with Lost Arts Radio host Richard Sachs to tech help with me, Doug Diamond. We even have one option where you can be the star on Lost Arts Radio as our guest on a specially produced show just for you. We conduct an interview with you and broadcast it to our growing network and listenership. Our Subscribestar levels are one of a kind and offer great rewards for any budget. Please help support Lost Arts Radio. We can't do it without you. With increasing censorship on many of our channels, we really need your support today to keep doing what we're doing. As Richard says, we're not even at survival level yet. Lost Arts Radio has three weekly shows. Lost Arts Radio Live each Saturday night at 7.30 Eastern, 4.30 Pacific which is a live stream currently on multiple platforms in case we get banned from some of the larger ones. Right now, we're on two YouTube channels, Facebook Live, Periscope, which is Twitter, Twitch, and DLive. You can access these broadcasts by going to www.lostartsradio.com live for all the links to those channels. The Planetary Healing Club meets right after Lost Arts Radio Live at 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific on Saturday nights. And our Sunday show with guests airs at 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific on Sunday nights on our Blog Talk Radio channel, our YouTube channels, Facebook pages, and on Brideon. Be sure to sign up for our free email list just in case we do get banned on big tech's platforms. It's just a matter of time, really. They don't like the stuff we talk about, and they do not want the truth out there. In fact, they have already attacked us numerous times. Join our free email list so we can let you know where we are and how to access our shows. The sign-up button is right on the top right on most pages of our website. The best starting point for all things Lost Arts Radio is our main site, lostartsradio.com, where you can find the hottest news selection videos that we curate just for you. Those are on the homepage and added to daily 
as well as articles and breaking news about information you really need to know. Our show archives, the 10 most recent shows, are right on our homepage, as well as our Blog Talk Radio page at blogtalkradio.com slash lostartsradio, or just click the All Things Radio Show tab right on our website. We're in the podcast directory on iTunes, and all of our shows except the band ones are on our YouTube channels at Lost Arts Radio and at Diamond Disc. Our Brideon page is really taking off, and we often have editors' picks videos right on their homepage. Visit brideon.com slash channel slash Lost Arts Radio. On our site, you can also access our free listener forum as well as sign up for the Planetary Healing Club, which is just $25 a month, where you get private access to a one-on-one interaction with host Richard Sachs and myself and the other club members who participate live. More info can be found at planetaryhealingclub.com. We're providing solutions in there to make the world a better place. Come join us. Stay tuned because up next, you'll get to hear a really great song by an independent artist that we're doing our best to support. Go to lostartsradio.com slash music for the full list of all the great songs and bands that we spin on our audio-only podcast shows. If you're in a band and want to submit a song for consideration for airplay on Lost Arts Radio, visit my website at diamonddiscaudio.com for more information about the music placement, mastering, and mixing work that I do. Thanks again for listening to and supporting Lost Arts Radio. We love having you as part of our family to learn, experience, and grow with.